Till I'm tiptoed you Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm tiptoed you your girl tip thank you for tuning in for another edition of tell them tip told you before we jump into the podcast episode i just want to uh, remind you all to please be making time and space for your own joy right now between COVID 19 and anti-black racism and uh, social emotional upheavals everywhere just please you know just remember to take care of you all right so here's some things i want to talk about today i want to talk about uh, black life and how it should matter. <laughs> I want to talk about black businesses and how those should matter. And I also want to talk about black intellectualism and why we all need to be engaged in it. Uh, let's just start, right? So I, I can't not start at Olawatoyin Salu, and I hope I'm saying her name right. This is the young activist sister in Tallahassee. Uh, who has been missing for the last few days and her body was found. Now, let me say this about the body being found. It's kind of strange the way it's being reported. Tallahassee PD is reporting that they found two two victims of homicide and then Toyin's mother posted that Toyin is no longer with us. So people are left to assume that she is one of these victims. Suffice it to say um, that she was according to bystanders, at every public protest um, in support of Black Lives Matter since they've begun. And she was an activist, very outspoken, very intelligent sister who we have now lost. And there is a message in that for us about the protection of Black life. These protesters in many ways are putting their lives on the line. We've seen what the police are doing to protesters. Uh, people being blinded with rubber bullets and tear gas, people dying from asthmatic attacks related to tear gas. So these people, when they're on the front lines protesting, in a lot of ways, they're putting their own lives in jeopardy. But what's extra sad about the Toyin story is that um, she also reported that within her own community, a black man sexually assaulted her shortly before she went missing. She she tweeted that, you know, it's... <sighs> You know, Malcolm X said the most disrespected person in America was the, US, the was the black woman. And it's hard not to feel that way as a black woman. I just want us to be protected. I just want us to be protected. I want the people who say that black lives matter to mean that for all black lives, as we see our trans sisters uh, murdered in the street, as we see um, same sex loving people attacked by other protesters, I, I just... If we say black lives matter, we mean all black lives. We really have to be protecting one another, prepared to, uh, to protect one another. So I just wanted to call her name, Toyin, and just give honor and thanks for her time with us and hope that her journey is full of light and upliftment and love. I also want to talk to you a little bit about these two lynchings in California. So 50 miles away from each other, two brothers have been found hanging from trees. The police in both cases reported it as suicide. Now, I'm a black woman. I've been black for 40 some years at this point. I don't know too many stories of black people voluntarily being at the end of a rope hanging from a tree. I don't know. I don't know of any. And the black people that I'm talking to don't know of any. 
And so it's, it's very suspicious in this moment, given all that's going on sociopolitically with anti-black terror, for this to be ruled as a, a suicide or suicides. I want us to pay careful attention to those two cases. But in reference to those two cases and in reference to Sister Toyin, I also want to talk about another story that happened. I believe it was in Texas. It was a black preacher and he noticed a couple of white folk in his yard trying to dump an old refrigerator. And when he confronted them, five white people jumped on him. And the brother, if he not had not pulled out his pistol, I'm not sure what would have happened, but he pulled on these people who were uh, vocally and physically attacking him. Now, let me tell you the lesson that I learned in that. I'm licensed to carry. You have seen on my social media, you have heard on the podcast that I believe all of us should be practicing our Second Amendment rights and carry, right? While I say that all the time, let me say this. My firearms usually are in my car and in my house. I'm not going to say where in the house because, you know, you don't need to know that. But one is in the car always and one is in the house always. I'm working on getting others, so don't be counting, trying to figure out how many I got. Um, but I learned a lesson from that, that black preacher story. Now, what if his was in his car or in his house? They were jumping on him outside. He was able to pull instantly. I can't do that necessarily. I could not before you hearing this. I could not. Um, Many of us have to be not only licensed to to, uh, possess a firearm, we have got to be licensed to carry concealed weapons. So make sure you check your state regulations on what that looks like for you and do it in a legal manner because we, you know, we know what it is. We got to be on top of the law. We can't leave no loophole. We can't just go buy something from Academy Sports at a pawn shop, put it under our mattress and think we're all right. We got to do what, what the state says we have to do. But I want us to do it. I want you to, my sister Keeper's Defense, On she has a website and she's on Instagram. She has a list in her bio of black firearm instructors, I encourage you to reach out to the people in your area, find out what the law is and get training. Because between the lynchings in California, the death of Toyin in Tallahassee, this Texas minister, we see right now that we cannot depend on other people to protect black life. We have to be prepared to do so ourselves. I'm just going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that there, but I will challenge you to go ahead and at least start today by figuring out what the gun laws in your area are. Now, I want to link that to, um, because 45 is is an idiot, we know that he had been planning initially to have his first rally on Juneteenth in Tulsa. And because of that disrespectful move, a lot of us started having conversations about what Juneteenth was and what happened in Tulsa. I'm going to focus on what happened in Tulsa this week. We'll talk about Juneteenth next week. But um, Tulsa was the brainchild of black people who owned land. Who owned land and started communities on the land that they owned. 
And a lot of us who talk about black business look to Tulsa as the ultimate model of what is possible. And Tulsa was what T.I. thinks Atlanta is. It was Wakanda, right? There were black banks and black schools and uh, black businesses and pool halls and restaurants and hotels and everything we needed for black life. Tulsa had. 1921, that shit ended. There's a lesson there. You know, a lot of our relatively new activists talk rightfully so about the importance of establishing black business. I think it's incredibly important for us to have community control over the businesses in our areas. It's incredibly important for us to be economically empowered. But we cannot pretend that that's all that is necessary for black life to matter. Tulsa was unable to protect itself. It didn't have allies. It had no system for engaging hostile folk who would rather take black life than witness black wealth. The question becomes, if we create, recreate a Tulsa, what do we learn from that Tulsa? The problem is not many of us are studying it. Not many of us are looking at the history of Tulsa. So we talk about Tulsa as Black Wall Street and what's possible, but do we know the history of how it started? Do we know the people who bought the first land? Do we know how they amassed the money to buy the land? Like there is room and space for Black intellectuals to be uh, interrogating the history of this space for the lessons for the future right? Tulsa is a tremendous model, but we can't distill it down to one part of it. Yeah, the economics part is important, but it could not have been the only thing that sustained it for as long as it did. We got to figure the other stuff out too. We got to figure the other stuff out too. Now that brings me to some things that hit the internet this week, right? B. Simone plagiarizing her journal and Rejade Richmond pretending to be an attorney. And it, 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 it reminds me of this Tulsa narrative. Like we're so focused on black business, right? That we're not paying attention to the whole of the story. There is something happening right now. Black businesses through social media are able to tap into markets we otherwise would not have been able to tap into. And in many ways that allows us to be more lucrative than we could have been. My concern, though, is that some of these businesses are growing too quickly. And anything that is built too quickly usually can't stand the test of time. I'm very concerned about that. This whole B. Simone phenomenon, this is a sister who, um, like, she's social media born and bred, right? She, her, her career, I mean. And her career, because her business did not have sound solid foundation she took an L this week she took an L because she don't have nobody to help her control what the hell come out of her mouth but two you out here whether you did it or somebody in your camp did it you were responsible for it plagiarized something you're offering your people plagiarized now again I don't know if that was her camp or if it was her even if it was her camp she is ultimately responsible But why, why would she be moved to do that? Too many of us who are wanting to be entrepreneurs in this moment are looking for the fast, the quick. 
and we're skipping parts. We're skipping parts and we're forgetting the ethics. Like ethics has to be a part of your business training. It has to be a part of your entrepreneurship training. And it's missing in a lot of cases. It's missing. You can't go to business school and not take an ethics class. You can't major in education and not take an ethics class. Why are you trying to get a coach to set up your business? Y'all haven't had not one conversation about the law, about ethics, what's morally right. Let me say this. Every black business. Oh, let me say it like this. Every business owned by a black person is not a black business. I'll say that again and then I'll unpack it. Every business owned by a black person is not necessarily a black business. Here's the difference. Black people can own businesses. That does not mean that they are in business to service the community. That would be a black business. And some of these internet coaches slash celebrities, because that's really what they are, influencers, don't care about your black life as much as they care about their ability to go get a new Fendi or a Tesla or a cute house to take more pictures in. And too many of us who want to be black businesses or black business owners are looking to those people to teach us something. I said it last week and I'll say it today. If you want to be a black entrepreneur, you want to stand the test of time, try to get to know that old couple that owns the only black funeral home in your town that has put everybody in the ground, (laughs) right? They've been there forever. It's cobwebs in the sanctuary. They've been there so long. That's who you need to talk to because they can tell you something about standing the test of time, being an essential part of the community. Have conversations with that sister who's had a beauty shop for 30 years, who did your mama's hair, who did your grandma's hair, right? You laugh at that shop. Now you don't really get your hair done in the shop anymore, but she's still there servicing the older people in your community. You need to talk to her. How does she do it? How does she build clients that have stayed with her for 20, 30 years? Let's have those conversations. Now, I'm not saying the internet coach does not have a place. I I have coaches. I take classes from online personas. But I try to vet the people. I'm not just looking at their pictures. And if I am looking at the picture, I'm looking closely, right? Because y'all know my background is material culture. I pay close attention to how you represent yourself in images. It's not just because anybody can rent a luxury vehicle and take pictures of it in it. I went to high school with this dude um, who for 20 something years pretended to be a member of Omega sci-fi fraternity pretended for 20 something years, took pictures. He would be in the same city as the national convention and take pictures in Nelia. Of course, to someone just looking at his social media, it looked like he was a Q, but we got to do our due diligence. And that's how he got found out. Some sister asked him about his chapter and his, and he couldn't answer the question. Well, And that's how people found out he had been faking. Some of us have not asked these people. They're quite like in Lukumi. When when someone presents themselves to you as a priest in Lukumi, uh, an Orisha devotee, 
you are supposed to, and you may not know this, but you're supposed to be able to ask them who initiated you, who was your ajumona, who was at your ceremony, right? It's a way of vetting that they are who they say they are. Some of us aren't doing our due diligence and we're accepting when people tell us they're an attorney, we just, we just walk with that, right? And we don't move beyond some of the representation we're getting back, right? I, <laughs> we have to be... When we say support black businesses, we have got to be clear on what we mean by that. We want to hold them. Now, I'm not saying hold them to a higher standard because some of y'all are too hard on black businesses, right? <laughs> some of y'all are way too hard on asking to do things you wouldn't even ask McDonald's. But that's a whole nother story. Let me say, we can't skip the work. I think both in the case of B. Simone and Rejade, they're, they're, because of the, the society we live within now that is so instantaneous, we want the quick journey. The quick journey sometimes means, I won't say all the time, sometimes mean people have not done the work. Sometimes slow and steady wins the way, race. Y'all remember the tortoise and the hare? Sometimes slow and steady wins the race and you're trying to rush to the finish line. But there are essential parts that you should not be skipping. I was listening to an influencer this morning, a coach this morning, and she actually said, you know, in the time that this woman had pretended to be an attorney, she could have gotten a law degree. That's so true. But too many of us want the dollars. We don't want to do the work. The reason I can confidently say I can teach my ass off, I know something about black, black educational history. I know something about traditional African spirituality and pedagogy is because I did the work. My credentials demonstrate that I did the work. My transcript shows you that I did the work. My publications tell you I've done the work. I did the work. I'm not naming myself something without putting in the work. Some of y'all want to be a business strategist. You ain't even got a business. You ain't registered with nobody's state. You ain't got no EIN. You don't even know what an EIN is and you call yourself a business coach. Some of y'all trying to sell social, social media marketing to people ain't got a thousand followers. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you pay attention to the numbers all the time and all that kind of stuff. I'm saying put the work in first before you claim the title. And I think what we're seeing is a result of this. I got to be on top of my game instantaneously. No, you got to come with humility and do the work. Speaking of humility and doing the work, I want to talk a little bit about last week on social media. Last, well, if the last episode, you heard me talk about people that are frustrated with, at the newcomers to the party, right? Some of us got teased for being the militant friend. Some of us got teased for always talking about race. And now, now you want to come to us with the, the pro-black fist like you've been with us the whole time. You wasn't shooting in the gym with me. I'm just saying, Right. Some of us are frustrated. I got my own frustration this week when this this girl, who I ain't never heard talk about black issues, um, tried to correct people and say that we should not be saying systematic racism, the word is systemic. And I corrected her and let her know that no, actually depending on how you're talking about racism, either word works. And she tried to tell me. Now listen, I don't ever think automatically that I'm smarter than someone else. But what I do know is the amount of work I have put in. And I do know 
that for 20 something years, I have dedicated myself to the study of blackness, black culture and black life. I know a little something about race work. And you ain't fit to tell me I'm using systematic versus systemic incorrectly. I've seen a little funky ass meme floating around. Let me tell you something. You all be careful. Because you've read one, two books, usually written by white people or some neoliberal black person, you think you're going to correct elders that have been in the streets doing this work for 50, 60 years? Your ass. I know what my elders taught me. I know what word they used. And I know why they used it. Y'all know how I feel about words. Come on, y'all. Stop being so... You have to be willing to learn from people. If you are new to the game, be humble. Put in the work. Talk to somebody. You out here trying to teach somebody else what you don't know. And while I'm on the subject, let me say, if I see one more black person recommend to other black people that white fragility book, I'm going to start throwing books at you. Maulana Karanga was writing about whiteness studies in the 80s. Y'all ain't recommending his work. Because you don't even know about it. Because you ain't talked to nobody who's been doing the work. Do me a favor. If these people trying to recommend books to you. And all of a sudden their social media is so pro-black. Go back six months and see what they were talking about six months ago. See what kind of books they were recommending six months ago. Because if they haven't been on the game, they do not need your attention right now. You need to be paying attention to someone who's been tried, who understands, who has demonstrated commitment, demonstrated commitment. You took one black studies class last week and you want to correct elders on how to use the word systemic versus system. And you're wrong. Anyway. Y'all, if you're talking about parts of the system, okay, yeah, you can say systemic. But if you're talking about the system as a whole is systematic. I just want to put that out there because some of y'all are loud and wrong. And I need you to read something published before 2016. Our black intellectuals, this is what I mean by stop looking for the instant knowledge. Our Du Bois, Delaney, Anna Julia Cooper, Ella, these people were writing and living this shit a long time ago. But you out here recommending a white woman who walked writing about white women. That ain't the book you need. You need to read Up From Slavery. You need to read Souls of Black Folk. You need to read The Miseducation of the Negro. Y'all, anyway. Speaking of which, I'm going to let, let me make my money as someone who is tried and true and who has been talking about black shit for a very long time. I have a Patreon account. I do black history videos. I give black history lists, book lists. I'm going to link my Patreon account in the show notes. Show your sister some love and do the work. Do the work. This is my second time um, recording this episode because I I just, I am frustrated this week. I told y'all last week not to be frustrated. I'm frustrated this week. So I did, I re-recorded it to try to calm it down. And I noticed that I'm right back in the same place. So I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all that I love you. I love you. So 
I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Tell them to told you.